Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One. When I'm working out, I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. Taking my breath away, Aaron. Fern Lundquist joins me. Hall of Famer Jim Calhoun. NASCAR icon Dale Earnhardt Jr. Kirk Herbstreet is on the phone. Here. Welcome in, everybody. Hey. Episode 730. Podcast, it's Swimming America, the Outdoor Sports Podcast presented by Betfred Sportsbook. It is Wednesday, July 5th, 2023. People, I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody had a great 4th of July weekend. Hope you got to spend time with friends and family. I hope you ate well, saw some fireworks, saw Joey Chestnut hot dog eating contest was canceled, and then he single-handedly brought it back to life. Boy, oh boy, what a great weekend. And I'll say this, if you were off social media, if you weren't paying attention, if your Twitter got shut down, it was a very busy and important weekend in college football. Here's what we're going to talk about on today's show. We're going to actually open, I think I said college football, college sports, busy weekend in college sports. And what we're going to talk about is this, a couple different topics. One, June and July have become very busy times in college football recruiting. So we're going to discuss a couple teams that had big weekends, and really, what does it mean for the entire ecosystem of college football? Not just that this kid committed here, that kid committed there, but what does it mean for the school, the program, potentially the conference, the college football playoff picture two, three years from now? We're going to discuss the holistic 30,000-foot view of college football recruiting. From there, we will take a quick break. We'll come back, and we'll talk. Did you see the San Diego State story out of the Mountain West? This is one of the wildest, craziest stories I can ever remember as far as realignment. I'm not going to give it away, but I will just tell you that we have had two or three twists in San Diego State's future, none of them good since the start of the weekend. And speaking about start of the weekend, John Calipari actually did a media availability on Friday, had some interesting things to say about the state of the transfer portal, do want to touch on that. Uh, I think it's going to be a fun show, lively show. We got a lot to talk about coming out of the holiday weekend. So let's not waste any more time. And let's get to the topic of the day. And the topic of the day, uh, I do want to start with college football recruiting, okay? And I don't do a ton of college football recruiting on the show for one very simple reason. I just believe that, that like in college basketball, right? One player can fundamentally change a team or a program the following season. Cade Cunningham committing to Oklahoma State fundamentally changed who that program was the following year. 
Paolo Bancaro going to Duke elevated that program. DJ Wagner to Kentucky, Anthony Black to Arkansas, etc. And so in basketball, you have one or two individual players can change an entire program. Football isn't like that. Just because you get a five-star offensive tackle doesn't guarantee anything going forward. It's obviously 11 guys on each side of the ball. And instead, when it comes to high school football recruiting, I like to keep an eye out for big picture themes. Teams that are doing well, that are stacking an elite recruiting class, maybe a second or third straight elite recruiting class. Because when we talk football recruiting, I believe you have to look for themes more than individual players, programs that are changing the way they recruit, changing, elevating how they recruit, things like that. And the reason we're doing this today is because June now has become a very busy college football recruiting month. Just about every program in college football has multiple big weekends with multiple visitors. And really over the last two, three weeks, College football recruiting really has picked up. A lot of kids commit in June now, and we had a ton of activity over July 4th weekend. So let's get into two or three programs, teams, commitments that really caught my eye. The first one, it comes from Columbus and it comes from Ohio State, okay? And so the bottom line is, listen, you don't need me to tell you, Ohio State has always recruited at an elite level. That is not a secret. What I think you could also agree with on Ohio State is that over the last couple of years, even though they've had a lot of talent basically at every position on the field, I mean, they just had an offensive tackle picked in the top 10. Uh, next year, JT Tui Molalau, uh, the defensive end will probably be a top 10 pick. While Ohio State has had talent everywhere, I don't think it's controversial to say they've gotten a little soft in the trenches. And so for me, part of the 2024 recruiting class was, could they reestablish, could they get those dudes up front, those alphas up front, right? Because if you look at Ohio State, what have I said on this show multiple times? It's one thing to beat Indiana and Rutgers and Maryland and just have more talent than them. But when Ohio State over the last couple of years have gotten against teams with the same amount of talent, the same amount of toughness, the same amount of physicality, they generally get pushed around. Two straight years against Michigan, a couple years ago against Oregon. Now, admittedly, they did beat Georgia last, or uh, excuse me, I take that back. Admittedly, they did play Georgia very tough in the playoff, but even Georgia put up 40 plus points, 500 plus yards. And so, why do I bring it up? Ohio State for years has recruited elite skill position talent, but they need to get guys up front. This weekend, they took a major, major, major step in that direction. They got a commitment from a five-star top 20 prospect nationally named Justin Scott, a defensive lineman. And let me just say, listen, I'm not a recruiting expert. I'm not going to lie and say I broke down four hours worth of film of Justin Scott in the lead up to this show. But to me, this is just such an important recruitment for a couple different reasons. The main reason being one, like I said, Ohio State for years, they've been able to get the skill position guys. You go back to last year's recruiting class, Ohio State had a top 10 class nationally, number four overall, but of their top five commitments, three of the top five commitments they had were wide receivers and the other two were cornerbacks, okay? This year, prior to Justin Scott's commitment, their top three commitments, their top five commitments really, two wide receivers, a quarterback 
a running back and a cornerback. And so nobody questions if Ohio State can put receivers in the NFL. They can put quarterbacks in the NFL. But part of being a college football coach isn't just putting dudes in the league. It's winning the games that matter in college. And increasingly, Ohio State has done less of that. And so to get a kid of this stature, this talent, this capability, and maybe most importantly, who you went head to head to beat him for does speak wonders, in my opinion. That is because this was a kid that prior to this weekend, all accounts seem to indicate he was going to commit to Michigan. I saw Hayes Fawcett, the great recruiting reporter, basically said, I talked to this kid after his Michigan visit. He set his recruitment commitment date for this weekend with the assumption that it was going to be Michigan. Then he goes to Ohio State. Larry Johnson, the famed defensive line coach, uh, sways him, excuse me, and this kid ends up at Ohio State. This is huge for Ohio State, but like everything else, they got to keep stacking this type of talent on top of each other. Got to keep getting players in the trenches. Again, we know you can sign wide receivers, corners, running backs, quarterbacks. You got to continue to stack these guys up. But great commitment for Ryan Day. Oh, by the way, keep in mind, Ohio State now has the number two recruiting class in the country, according to 24-7 Sports. And it's also worth noting, they actually have the highest individual player rating among all teams in college football. In other words, based on the commitments that they have, the average ranking of each player is actually higher than Alabama, Georgia, whomever. So great start to this recruiting cycle for Ohio State. Certainly have to keep it up. Let's keep it going with some other themes from the last few weeks in recruiting in college football. Let me say this. USC, Lincoln Riley is on an absolute tear right now. And so it's interesting, right? Because Lincoln Riley, I, I, when Lincoln Riley got the USC job, a couple things stood out in terms of why there was so much interest. It's Lincoln Riley. He produces one Heisman Trophy winner after another. But you thought about the potential of him as head coach at USC and the type of talent that he could get there and the type of talent that you can really build a national championship caliber team with. And why it was interesting to follow was if you followed last recruiting cycle, 2023, really USC, they, they were fine in terms of their recruiting class, but at the same time, most of the commitments that they got, were kind of immediately after Lincoln Riley took the job. And it was basically all kids that had been committed to him either at Oklahoma or were on the verge of committing to him when he was at Oklahoma. Of their four highest rated commits last year, three were essentially Oklahoma locks. The most the, the fourth one just happened a few weeks ago when Deuce Robinson, really good dual sport football baseball player, committed. So that was 2023. Lincoln Riley put together a top 10 class. Everybody is happy. He's recruited well in the portal, but you kind of waited for that splash with that SC on the, on the visor, right? With the SC logo on the, on the shoulder. Well, Lincoln Riley, you could argue the last month, nobody has been better right now. The Trojans, how about this? The Trojans have 17 players committed for the class of 2024. 14 of them have committed. Since June 1, in other words, 14 of their 17 players have committed in the last probably five weeks. And USC right now has the number five recruiting class in the country, according to 24-7 Sports. Now, look, 
They are, as they've always done, like Ohio State we just talked about, recruited very well at the skill positions. Just got an elite top 100 receiver, Ryan Pelham, a few days ago out of L.A., Long Long Beach, uh, Millican High School in Long Beach, not far from where I live. They also got a four-star safety, Marquise Gallegos, a few days after that. What's interesting about USC, though, is what did I just say about Ohio State? We know Ohio State and we know USC, they can put up points. We know you can get wide receivers. We know you can score points. But are you recruiting the kinds of guys in the trenches that you need to eventually compete if you are USC with Ohio State, with Michigan in the Big Ten? Remember, USC is going to the Big Ten in a few uh, a year from now. And then, of course, are you getting the guys that can compete with Georgia and Alabama and LSU and those type programs when you get to the college football playoff? Well, so far, so good for USC. That's because in addition to all of the talent at the wide receiver, cornerback, running back spots, USC in recent days, they've also picked up a four-star offensive lineman from Florida, had offers from pretty much the entire SEC. You go back and look at his offers list. Uh, You know, pretty much everybody, Georgia, Oklahoma, Auburn, teams like that. Edge rusher from Florida had offers from Georgia, Auburn, Arkansas, schools like that. Guess what? Those are the kinds of guys that you need to, again, not only forget college football playoff. Remember, this is a USC program that is going to the Big Ten here in a couple months, in a year. And it is now, you're going to play Michigan in the regular season. You're going to play Ohio State in the regular season. You're going to play Penn State in the regular season. You're going to play physical as hell Wisconsin, physical as hell Iowa. Make fun of Iowa. They play great defense. Make fun of Wisconsin. They play great defense, and the offense is going to come along with Luke Fickle and his new offensive coordinator, Phil Longo, there. And so I bring it up. USC has to start stacking recruits in the trenches to compete at the highest levels. So far, so good. USC with the number five ranked recruiting class in the 2024 cycle so far. Again, the only ones that are ahead, Georgia, Ohio State, Florida, and Michigan. It's early. Other schools are going to make moves, obviously Alabama and some others, but great start for SC. Let's keep it going because on July 4th, we got a legitimate shocker as a top 10 prospect in America committed And it was to a school that nobody saw coming, okay? So, on Tuesday, on Tuesday, Texas A&M, how about them Aggies? Guess depending on what recruiting service, he's number 17 ranked player in the country. I think I said top 10. 17 ranked player in the country according to 24-7 Sports, Cam Coleman. He's from the state of Alabama, was believed to be an Auburn lead. Saw some Auburn writers putting in crystal ball predictions for Cam Coleman. He says no, and he says, I'm going to Texas A&M. Now, what's interesting about this, you know who his recruiter was at Texas A&M? Damian Craig, a former star at Auburn, who, of course, has ties to the Alabama area, gets this kid to commit to Texas A&M. Now, of course, whenever a kid commits this early in the cycle, I see all you fans, oh, stuff's going to change. And I saw a bunch of Auburn fans say, like, look, this is going to come down to signing day. And maybe in the case of this kid, it just might, right? I mean, if Texas A&M has a bad year, like it's one thing to talk about a kid committing to Ohio State where Ryan Day is is secure 
Lincoln Riley, where his job is secure, and Texas A&M, where Jimbo Fisher's job is certainly not. And so I only bring it up because for anybody saying, oh, this kid might flip by signing day, I mean, we got to see what happens at Texas A&M. But what stands out is that A&M is again putting together an elite recruiting class, currently a top 10 ranked class in the country with 16 commits overall. This guy so far is the star. And what jumps out to me is that he is an elite wide receiver. And if A&M can keep this core together, he is going to be entering a room full of elite wide receivers. Remember who Texas A&M's wide receiver one was last year. It was Evan Stewart, five-star number one wide receiver that was a freshman last year. He'll be a sophomore this year. Next year, he'll be a junior. You add this kid Cam Coleman to him, to some of the other young guys that Texas A&M has, that is going to be an explosive wide receiver room. No, everybody wants to crush Jimbo Fisher. No, everybody wants to get in their jokes. I'll just say this. You go back and look at what happened with Texas A&M last year. A lot of vets got hurt. They were down to their third-string quarterback by the end of the year. A couple star-wide receivers. Moose Muhammad was playing, but who was it? Anias Smith was hurt. Uh, A couple other guys were hurt. And I just bring it up because a lot of young players got thrown into the fire last year. Well, guess what? The starters are back. The guys that played in place of them are back. I actually think A&M is going to have a nice year this year. I think they're going to bounce back, be better than you think. Not saying they're going 12-0. and I think they're going to bounce back. I think they're going to have a good year. I think they're going to probably hold on to their recruiting class, and we'll see what happens. But Cam Coleman commits to Texas A&M, a huge, 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 huge commit for Texas A&M. Just very quickly ripping through some other commitments from this weekend. Miami, four-star defensive lineman Marquise Lightfoot, chose Miami over Ohio State and a couple others. So listen, Mario Cristobal, always been a great recruiter. You knew he was going to have success at Miami, and that is exactly what he is doing. Obviously, Miami in 2023, the recruiting class we just finished, had a top 10 class. This class is off to a little bit of a quieter start. They only have 15 commits so far, but this is the top-ranked player that they've had, that they've gotten committed. And trust me, we know the situation at Miami. Mario Cristobal can recruit. He is not done, and he will not be done with this class. Miami just getting started. Oh, by the way, how about Arkansas? Ashton Bethel Roman, wide receiver out of Texas, six foot one, had offers for most of the SEC. He committed on Fourth of July night. Arkansas is off to a good start. Top twenty class with Sam Pittman. Uh, just a really, really, really busy weekend overall. A team that that really doesn't have a ton of commitments, so it's not as though that they're super high up on the recruiting rankings, but Kentucky had a very nice weekend this past weekend. Terion Nichols, four-star cornerback who had offers from Ohio State. Michigan chooses Kentucky. Uh, Elijah Groves, a linebacker, they had a very good weekend this weekend. Kentucky, Mark Stoops is recruiting at an elite level. I actually like Kentucky a lot coming into this year with Devin Leary, a quarterback. We'll discuss Kentucky at some point, but That's your big recruiting roundup from this weekend. Big weekend for Ohio State. Big month for USC. Texas A&M gets a star. Miami, Arkansas, Kentucky, among many others who had very, very, very good weekends. All right, so I want to take a quick break. And when I come back, we're going to switch gears. I do want to talk a little bit about conference realignment. Did you see what happened with Texas A&M? 
one of the wildest stories I can ever remember in realignment. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to discuss that next. All right, we're going to get back to the show in a minute. But before we do, I want to welcome back our presenting sponsor, Betfred Sportsbook and the Betfred Sportsbook app. By now, you know Betfred's story started in 1967 in the UK, over a thousand shops in the UK, and they have now come to the United States and made a major splash. They are the presenting sponsor of not only all things Aaron Torres Media, but the Colorado Rockies, the Denver Broncos, the Cincinnati Bengals. And what I love about Betfred, nobody takes care of their customers quite like Betfred does. I've been telling you that for a year. We have sent listeners of the Aaron Torres pod to Denver Broncos VIP tailgates. The Betfred suite at Cincinnati Bengals games is rocking. Betfred betters have thrown out first pitch at the Colorado Rockies games. Nobody takes care of their customers quite like Betfred. And here is what they are doing for you right now. How about this? Bet $50 on any game. Get up to $1,111 in free bets. Here's how it works. Download the Betfred Sportsbook app. Bet 50 bucks on anything you want to bet on. You automatically get $111 in free bets. But beyond that, you get up to $200 in insurance for your first five weeks as a Betfred customer, totaling $1,111 in free bets. I've told you for a year, nobody takes care of their customers quite like Betfred. They're the only book that I bet with. And I want to thank Betfred for being our presenting sponsor. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply all right everybody I am back. Good to be back. Good to be back. Do want to switch gears and I want to talk a little conference realignment. And I know that by now some of you are tired of this stuff, but I want to talk about conference realignment for a, a couple reasons specifically on today's show. One, it was actually a very important weekend for realignment. 12 schools in total actually switched conferences on the morning of Saturday, July 1st, most notably Central Florida, Cincinnati, BYU, and Houston 
joining the Big 12. Like that is officially a thing. They're playing in the Big 12 this coming year. But what was more interesting was that as we wait for all of the other puzzle pieces to get figured out, what's the future of the Pac-12? What is the future of the Big 12? The most interesting story was actually the team and the school that didn't switch leagues and didn't even get an invite. That school is San Diego State. And let me tell you, while you guys and girls were shooting off fireworks and eating hot dogs and enjoying your fourth San Diego State found itself in maybe the wildest conference realignment story that I can ever remember. So let's break it down and let's discuss, because this is crazy. Like, when you hear this, you're going to be like, did that really happen? Yes, it did. All right, so San Diego State, we've talked about a lot. And the reason being was that we thought, and if you're watching on YouTube, I'm using air quotes, we thought San Diego State was a a school that was very much coveted by both the Pac-12 and the Big 12 And they very well may be just one problem. As we've told you many times, as I've told you, I said June 30th is a very important date because June 30th was essentially the date that San Diego State had to make a move and leave the Mountain West. It would be for after this coming season, 2023, 2024. But they had to officially let the Mountain West know that they were leaving before June 30th if they did. They would get a, they would still have to pay the league a total of $17 million, which sounds like a lot. Here's the thing, though. If they didn't get out by June 30th, if they stayed beyond June 30th of 2023, then it would mean that when they ultimately leave the league, they're going to have to double that payment to the Mountain West and pay $34 million. And so essentially, June 30th was the day that they had to be out or the payment was going to be double. And even if you go to a major conference, you're not getting that kind of money. And it's going to be a pretty serious payment and a pretty big hit to the school and the athletic department. And so over the last couple of weeks, we've actually talked about this element of it a lot, is that there's been this weird back and forth between San Diego State and the Mountain West. About two weeks ago, with that June 30th date looming, as you may remember, San Diego State actually sent a letter to the Mountain West that essentially said, we're probably still planning on leaving. But keep in mind, they didn't have an official invite to any other conference. And so they actually, about two weeks ago, asked the Mountain West. They said, guys, girls, if you don't mind, we still plan on leaving. But if it's cool, can we get a little extension on that July 30th date? Would really appreciate it if you could help us out, which is essentially like basically being in the middle of a divorce. Like you decided to leave your husband or your wife for the neighbor. And essentially what, what what San Diego State just did was said, honey, I'm leaving you for the neighbor. But our house isn't going to be ready for another month. Can we stay an extra month and figure this stuff out? You kick them to the curb, right? Well, that's essentially what San Diego State did. And so here's the wild part is that San Diego State, not only this was two or three weeks ago. Now we're going to get to what happened this weekend momentarily. They not only said you are not, they they not only said, we're not giving you an extension. They said, we are accepting this as your official resignation letter. And you're going to owe us that $17 million since you did get in that, uh, uh, you did withdraw from the league before June 30th. And so there's been this weird back and forth for the last couple of weeks. And here is what happened on June 30th, which was last Friday that you need to know, because this is the crazy part. Okay. So San Diego state basically, didn't really acknowledge what happened two weeks ago. And on June 30th, this past Friday, told the big, uh, told the Mountain West, they said, okay, guys, okay, 
We know it was weird a couple weeks, but uh, let's just look, we're coming back. Okay, it's like the Leonardo DiCaprio gift from Wolf of Wall Street. We're coming back. Here's where it gets crazy, though. This is where this becomes one of the wildest realignment stories I can ever remember. The Mountain West is standing their ground. And so as of right now, this is what the Mountain West told San Diego State last Friday when San Diego State said, "Okay, we're not leaving. We're coming back. The Mountain West said, no, 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 no. We you already sent us a resignation letter. We accepted your resignation letter. You are not welcome back. And oh, by the way, here's the other part that's crazy. You owe us 17 million. And because we don't think you're going to pay it, we're actually going to hold all of the TV revenue that you guys generated for this league last season. So essentially all of the schools get paid on July 1st from the TV revenue for the previous year. And the Mountain West is like, yeah, we're not giving you any of that because we don't believe you're going to pay the 17 million and you have to pay 17 million to leave this league. And so as of right now, this second, San Diego State has no conference beyond this year, isn't getting TV money that is owed to them, and is still going to owe the conference more money on top of that. And so there is a scenario, I'm not saying that it's likely, where a year from now, if the Pac-12 doesn't figure things out, if the Big 12 doesn't want them, if the Mountain West doesn't accept them back, that San Diego State is not going to have a conference to play in. I don't think it will get to that, but how about San Diego State and the Mountain West, the 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 most it's just an angry public breakup. And I got a couple thoughts on it here before we kind of switch gears and wrap the show. One, first of all, I'll say this. I've actually thought for a long time that San Diego State was handling this process incorrectly. And what do I mean by that? You can go back to comments made by San Diego State's AD JD Wicker at the Final Four where he was basically asked about the future of the program. If you remember the big 12 commissioner, Brett Yormark flew to the final four to kind of, he would, he didn't really meet with them, but he was kind of like letting them know, Hey, we could have a thing here. And if you go back to that time, San Diego state's AD, I thought made some interesting comments that I personally wouldn't have made. He basically told the world, Hey, we believe we're ready for a power five conference. We're ready. We're ready to go. And we're ready to accept as soon as that offer is extended to us. At the time, I actually give Gloria Navarez, the commissioner of the Mountain West, credit. She said, look, we're making contingency plans without them. But I did think that that was a weird thing for San Diego State's AD to say publicly. Now, privately, you can work in silence like Texas and Oklahoma did, USC and UCLA did, okay? That's one. Two, I think even if everybody knows that you're looking to step up in competition, There are ways you can handle it publicly without actually saying, yeah, we're ready to leave and leave these losers in the dust, which is essentially what San Diego State's AD said. Think about what all of the Pac-12 schools are doing right now. Colorado, Arizona. I think those schools are about ready to go, but they're saying the right things publicly. Oh, we want to stay with the Pac-12. We hope it works out, but we will obviously keep our options open going forward. That's a very easy way for San Diego State to get away with basically acknowledging we're ready to move without saying we're ready to move. So that's one. Two, let me give credit where it's due. The brass you-know-what of uh, of the Mountain West Commissioner, Gloria Navarro, she is new to the conference. She got hired within the last year. I give this woman so much credit, so much freaking credit to this woman because this woman basically looked probably the, the, the best and most important member of their conference in the eye 
And you know what she said to him? She said, you guys don't want to be here. That's fine. You're out. Leave. And then when San Diego State had to backtrack, when San Diego State had to whatever, she said, no, we're not here to appease you. I'm here to take care of the schools that want to be here. And here's the crazy part. There's not going to be a resolution on this in the next couple of days. The school presidents of the Mountain West don't meet again, I think, until July 17th, I believe, is the date. And so they don't meet until July 17th. And San Diego State is not allowed in that meeting because they don't deem them a member of this conference anymore. So I give her a ton of credit. And to me, it's just going to be fascinating to see what happens going forward. Now, ultimately, this could go one of two very unique directions. And I do think either way, the Mountain West is in pretty good shape. One, the Mountain West, like, the, you know, I, I think there's a scenario where the Mountain West does let back San Diego State in. As a matter of fact, I think it's a very likely scenario. But at that point, what does the Mountain West have that they haven't had for the last year? They have all the leverage. They say, look, we don't care if you made a Final Four, played for a national championship, do all these great things. You got to come back. And, and, and at that point, you could say, you got to commit to us long term. We're not taking you back for 2023, 2024, and then letting you bounce a year later. We're not taking you back for 2023, 2024, 2024, 2025. We're not taking you for two years. You've got to commit right now to X number, whatever it is, five years, eight years, 10 years, whatever it is. I don't know what it is, but as of right now, as I record here late on July 4th into July 5th, I would argue that the Mountain West actually has most of the, the, the leverage in this situation. Now, I will also say, this could actually work out well for San Diego State because at some point, the Pac-12 is going to have to present TV numbers to their schools and tell them what the next TV contract looks like, where are the game's going to be played, how will people watch them, etc. Now, from that point, we'll see, do, do the schools leave? Do they stay? Do they this? Do they that? But if that happens over the next week or two, and San Diego State's essentially been kicked out of the league, now they still only owe half of the money that they would had they decided to stay in the first place. So this could actually work out best for San Diego State because you're going to have to pay $17 million either way, and this kind of effectively bought you the extension that you're looking for. And from the Mountain West perspective, there is no bad scenario. You're either getting $17 million and they're leaving now, you're getting 17 million or you're getting them to stay. So this is a fascinating story. But essentially, as I record right now, this second today, and stuff is going to change on this one. San Diego State does not have a league to play in beyond the 2023-2024 season. How about that for a realignment update? I do think, by the way, before we get out of here, there is like one more sort of interesting and sort of important note to acknowledge about all this. And that's that no matter what way you cut it, this is not a good sign for the PAC 12 because the PAC 12, we've talked a ton about them and I don't know how much you've paid attention. I know we got a lot of fans in sec country and big 10 country, and maybe you don't ultimately care that much about the PAC 12, but the PAC 12, and I've joked about this, but they've essentially been telling their schools for like the last eight months. Hey, give us a couple weeks. We're going to put together a TV package that you're going to be happy with. And so I was told by credible people in the industry, if they didn't have a TV deal together by April, schools were going to start looking, looking around and looking for better alternatives. It's now July. A year from now, the Pac-12 does not have a contractual TV deal in place. And so I only bring it up 
because the way I see it is this cannot be a good sign for the Pac-12 at all. If they were ready to go, the TV deal would be in place. The TV deal would be signed. San Diego State would have an official invite. Remember, USC and UCLA technically got their invites before the Big Ten closed their TV deal. Now, secretly behind the scenes, was the Big Ten negotiating with USC and UCLA in the conference? Absolutely. But why I bring it up, the deal was done. If you remember, June 30th of 2022 was the day that USC and UCLA announced they were leaving the Big Ten. And so I only bring it up because if something was imminent and if something was great, San Diego State would be done. They would have left and they would wait and it'd be unofficial, but whatever, da 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 this and that. Now, realistically, if San Diego State goes back to the Mountain West, you're looking at 2023-2024 and then probably another year before they could seriously consider leaving. And that's, again, assuming the Mountain West doesn't hold their feet over the fire. And so San Diego State, we can, you know, are they Ohio State? Are they Alabama? Are they Florida? Whatever. San Diego State's kind of an important puzzle piece for the future of the Pac-12 if such a thing exists. And the reason being that San Diego State represents the Southern California market to the Pac-12. The Pac-12 obviously has lost USC and UCLA. And I'm not saying that San Diego State replaces USC and UCLA. But at the same time, there are 23 million people. Looked it up, did some research before I hit hit play on this Aaron Torres pod, before I hit record. And so why that's important. There are 23 million people in Southern California. If the Pac-12 butchers this and doesn't have a presence there, you know what a death knell that is for that league and that TV deal? Because trust me, TV partners, whether it's official or not, they are going to want that Southern California market covered. And with due respect to all these other schools, there's nobody else there outside of San Diego State. So it'll be interesting to follow. It'll be interesting to monitor. And I don't really know, you know, what's next for the Pac-12 specifically, but the longer this goes on, the worse it looks for everybody. And the more it makes others think that they might have to look for another alternative. I've said from the beginning, I think Colorado's as good as gone. Colorado, in my opinion, they've been waiting for those TV numbers to justify a move. They've basically been saying, we can't leave until we see those TV numbers because if they're not right, if they're not good, then we have the opportunity to go to the Big 12, okay? But if they're better than the Big 12, then we're going to get skewered publicly for leaving for less money. I think Colorado State, Colorado, excuse me, is at the point where they're just like, I'm gone. Like, we're not waiting around forever to get this thing figured out. Arizona, I think they're about ready to go too. Now, some of these schools I think will ultimately stay. I've said it many times. I don't think Utah is in a rush to go to the Big 12 where BYU already is now officially. Um, I think Oregon and Washington are trying to hold the Pac-12 together, but they're going to want more TV money than these other schools. It's just a you-know-what show for the Pac-12 right now, and, and I don't know how this gets resolved, but remember, we're now in July. It's July 5th as you're listening to this. There's a Big 12 Media Days coming up. There's a Pac-12 Media Days coming up. The Big 12 is going to want to make a splash. The Pac-12 is going to want to put out their TV numbers. We are about to get a wild couple weeks in realignment. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, everybody. I'm back. Good to be back. Good to be back. Final segment of the show. So good to be back. Do want to go ahead and wrap with one more topic. Uh, and it's a topic we've talked about actually probably more than anything else here on the Aaron Torres pod over the last couple months. That is the college basketball transfer portal. Now, I promise what I am not going to do today is rip through a bunch of names and schools and this and that. Although it is worth noting, I pro- I, I just did it last week because guys are still sort of entering the portal. Now, as you remember, we've talked about it a ton on this show, but May 11th was essentially the deadline in which players could enter the transfer portal with one little caveat. That little caveat was that if you graduated, if you are a graduate student, there essentially is no deadline to when you can enter the portal. Now, in theory, the deadline is actually August 28th, which means that players that have graduated by technicality have another seven weeks that they could enter the portal, that is insanity. And so we've talked a ton about the portal. We've talked about deadlines. By the way, the NCAA last week in their meetings has talked about limiting the transfer portal windows. But graduate transfers are basically playing by an entirely different set of rules than undergraduates. And on the one hand, I totally get it. You graduate, you should be given more freedoms if you want to play college basketball. At the same time, though, August 28th does feel a little bit like, eh, that feels like a little bit too far into the future. And one coach this weekend actually called out the NCAA and said, look, stuff needs to change. We can't have this August 28th deadline. That coach is John Calipari. And listen, we've talked a ton about Cal this offseason, the good, the bad, the this, the that. But on Friday, right before the holiday, he did have a press uh, a press availability where he talked about a lot of different things. Made some weird comments, by the way, about 27, 28-year-olds playing college basketball. We won't talk about that. But Kentucky is going on a foreign tour here in a couple weeks. They're going to Canada to play in an international event. And he had a press conference, and he actually talked about this exact topic. Graduate students having the chance to enter the portal through August 28th. Some very interesting comments from Coach Cal. Here is what he had to say. Because everything has changed, You have a lot of teams. They need guys. I'm going to make a guess, and I've been wrong before, but I would say 10 more transfers will happen, maybe in August. So a team that thinks they have guys, you're not going to have that guy. Why would that happen? How could that happen? Transfer because they graduated from the other school. They can do that August 28th and transfer because they graduated. There's no time limit. There's no nothing. And so let me say this. I have gone through the seven stages of Coach Cal this offseason. Frustration, disappointment, anger, and then some newfound respect because he was able to put together his roster late 
And oh, by the way, I know he took a transfer a few weeks ago. I think Bob Huggins getting fired or resigning, excuse me, in the middle of, of June is a little bit different than what Coach Cal is talking about. But what I will say is, well, I know we're all for player mobility and opportunity and stuff like that. I actually agree with Coach Cal. I think the August 28th deadline is just way, way, way too late to be eligible to play next year. Now, to be clear, like I, I, I'm, you know, I'm pro transfer. You guys know where I stand. I, I haven't always been. I've come to accept that this is what it is. And I really ultimately have no real fundamental problem with the way things are set up. At the same time, though, like it does feel like even if we want to give graduates a little bit more wiggle room, August 28th does feel insanely late, right? So I'll give you an example. Just a few weeks ago at Alabama, something we talked about on last week's show, Javon Quinterly, a sixth-year senior, everyone expected him to come back. He tells Nate Oates in mid-June, in mid-June, hey, dude, appreciate the last four years here. Thanks for letting me get my degree. I'm going to go see what else is out there. Now, listen, we can argue about Nate Oates, and I know he didn't have a great regular season, and I know a lot of people, including myself, were frustrated with how Nate Oates handled the Brandon Miller situation. But at the same time, like, I'm going to defend Nate Oates on this one, right? Like, I mean, we can all kind of agree. You give a kid, the season ends in March, okay? For Alabama, the season literally ended in late March. From there, a player then has the opportunity to enter the portal through May 11th. Alabama survived that date, okay? Javon Quinterly tested the NBA draft waters, announces he's coming back June 1st. They've started summer school at Alabama. So essentially what you're saying is season ends, enters the NBA draft, survives the June deadline, starts summer school, and now in late June, he announces he wants to leave. That doesn't feel a little bit ridiculous to everybody else. I'll take it a step further because I think Cal kind of hinted at this. I couldn't find the exact quote. But you understand a lot of schools are going to go on summer tours here these next few months. And so what happens if you have a guy, a graduate transfer, a guy that has told you that he is coming back, that is committed to your program for 2023, 2024, and you didn't recruit over him, and you he said he's coming back, and he committed to you, and you committed to him? What happens if you go on a foreign tour, and he doesn't like his playing time? He doesn't like his teammates. He doesn't like his fit. He doesn't like his role. He thinks he should be playing more. You think that guy ain't going to enter the portal and try to find a new home? Because I believe that guy very much will. And as Cal said, there are still going to be guys to enter. And so I get the player mobility stuff. I have no issue with it. I get having a transfer portal window. I get, I'll take it a step further. I even get the idea of allowing players who have already graduated a little bit more wiggle room, right? So even if the, the draft deadline is June 1st, maybe you give them all of June because they come back and, you know, they enter the draft, they come back, and then they're trying to figure out if they actually want to stay in college or not, or, or do they want to stay on their campus? Okay. But I do think August 28th just feels insane. I mean, just imagine your team, pick a player that's a graduate that comes back in August 11th, August 14th, July 28th and says, coach, I'm not playing. And that coach has no alternative to go ahead and replace them. It's okay to have player mobility. It's okay for players to have rights and have freedoms that they didn't have three, four years ago. But August 28th to be eligible for this coming season, not gonna lie, that feels a little ridiculous to me. And I give coach Cal credit for speaking out on it. By the way, I don't know this for sure, 
My guess is the next chance that Nate Oates has for media availability, he's probably going to say something as well. All right, I think that's it for this episode of the Air Tour Sports Podcast. How about that? Just knocked out a cool 40 minutes here on a, on a Wednesday after a holiday weekend. Hope again, everybody had a great holiday weekend. Hope everybody had fun. Hope everybody relaxed. Fireworks, hot dogs, all that good stuff. If you're not subscribed to the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast, please make sure to do so. Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure to subscribe. Make sure to rate and review the show. Go ahead, give us a quick five stars. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, all that good stuff. Make sure you're following on social media, at Aaron underscore Torres on Twitter, at Aaron Torres Pod on Instagram, Aaron Torres Podcast Questions at gmail.com, Aaron Torres Podcast Questions at gmail.com. That is all for today's show. I'll be back on Friday. We'll have a good time. I don't know what we'll talk about. Somebody might enter the portal. San Diego State might have a conference. They might not. Stay tuned. Back Friday, Aaron Torres Pod. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.